How many times as an immigrant have you faced that challenge of trying to find a job? Of saying that your resumes are not getting any callbacks, waiting for weeks on end for a call after going for an interview, or perhaps multiple interviews? You wait and wait and all you get is crickets. Do you know why that's happening? On today's episode of the CyberSec Migrant, we're going to be looking into the hiring landscape, why it is that people apply for jobs, do interviews and don't get any callbacks, what it is you're doing wrong and how you can update your resume, your cover letter and walk through the entire hiring process to ensure that you're putting your best foot forward and you're getting callbacks for interviews and ultimately landing the job you so desire and deserve. Welcome to another episode of the CyberSec Migrant. So hello and welcome again everyone and today like I said we've got a special guest with us who brings a wealth of experience and knowledge in the hiring process, particularly for newcomers to a new country. So join us today as we're looking deeper into this topic of navigating the hiring process as a new immigrant. Our guest today is Adi Damela Adi Jobdi. We're That's gonna it. call him Adi for short. Uh, he's a seasoned human capital development specialist with over a decade of experience across multiple sectors in Africa, Europe, North America. He has a large depository of wealth and expertise in cultivating individual and organizational growth. And Adi is an example of a successful career lord in his professional path and pursuits. He's an avid reader of biographies and, and a passionate traveler. Not many people read again these days, so that's good. Uh, and to mention more, he's also currently serving as a board member of the Thrive for Blacks, which is an organization committed to empowering black communities through education and entrepreneurship. And just a couple of highlights for my day. He moved to Canada a few years ago, and he landed a job within 30 days of arriving in Canada as a temporary resident, and he has moved from applying for jobs to right now he's being headhunted for jobs as well. So he fully understands uh, what it's like to try to navigate that hiring landscape. And with all of these experiences, he has developed a keen understanding of the intricacies and the nuances of the hiring process. He's gained valuable insight into the unique challenges that immigrants encounter when they try to break into the cybersecurity field. So enough of my voice. Let's hear from Adi. So Adi, introduce yourself to the guests this evening. <laughs> Thank you, Femi. I think you've done um, all the introduction. There is nothing new I want to add to <laughs> all that you've said. Thank you so much. Um, and I want to say I appreciate the opportunity to be able to contribute um, um, one or two things um, relating to my industry and also to be a part of your podcast. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate the privilege. Thank you so much, Adi. So to our listeners and to our guests who are viewing this, if you're looking to just understand that uh, hiring landscape, how you can tailor your resume effectively or the communication skills you need to have or the experiences you need to show, this is the episode you need to listen to. So sit back and relax. So now let's get right into the nitty gritty of it so that you can transform yourself. First question I'm going to ask, Adi, can you tell us your story? You know, what was your journey to become an expert in the hiring field? Not many people do that these days so tell us your story okay thank you um so basically let, let me start from my education and um i think that um has been part of part of the good to have for my industry as well so i studied um psychology in my bachelor's and for my postgraduate program i have a Masters in public policy with specialization in conflict resolution. So, well done. as you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, as you know, conflict is everywhere. Yes, um, true, true. I mean, 
in every organization you deal with conflict and even hr itself um you deal with policies you know employment laws and things like that so um coming back to my bachelor's you know psychology study of human beings and then mental processes and all of that you know every organization you deal with humans um now that um ai is coming and all of that Chat you GPT. see how yeah <laughs> <laughs> you, you see how uh, human beings and um ai even collaborate you know just for the benefit of the organization and all of that you know productivity is the end goal yeah um beyond that i have other certifications as well uh in this speak is field of hr um talking about labor relations um diversity equity and inclusion that's the big um, thing right now these days you know it's time yeah yeah most especially for the country where we here um it's a very diverse um country and yeah. um yeah and every organization right now um you see that diversity there so how do you manage that diversity to your own advantage to boost productivity yeah. within your yeah. organization so th- these are these are some of the good um things you want to to have as an organization yeah. Uh, you want to see yourself as being diverse and also um, leveraging on that for the for the good of your own organization as a whole. Yeah, so I have um, other certifications, other self-taught um, um, courses or conferences, self-sponsored conferences I've gone to and all of that. And uh, maybe we'll get to that later. When I see people get into an organization, if the employer is not sponsoring you for further training you, you're not willing to do anything beyond no, that space that's not good, good. <laughs> i know people yeah. would do that but it's not a good idea really i don't think you should develop it's not yourself. a good idea no. i mean if, if you i always say something that if you're earning fifty thousand a year at least devote one thousand or two thousand for further training further development so they can grow from so. 50 to 80 <laughs> maybe <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. There's something you mentioned that I just just digress. You said something about um, you know managing people, and I remember my dad used to say something it was like human engineering is the most difficult engineering because human beings are difficult Absolutely. to deal with. You know, you can have you know you can have cattle, you can have all of that, and they are easy to control. But human beings, there's always somebody who kicks against you, who doesn't like what you are saying. So you know, it's hard. Absolutely. But yeah, you know, especially thinking back especially this country we are in can here in canada and i'm sure in many parts of the world because there's been a lot of migration in recent years you know there's been the lots of people living in nigeria living in africa to go to the west you know the europe you know north america asia sometimes and so there's the world is becoming more diverse and there's now a lot of room for dei initiated by companies so mm-hmm. when hiring managers are assessing resumes or assessing candidates what are they looking at you know what's their perspective and is DEI a big factor in those perspectives when they're looking at them? Can you tell us some insights? Well, it, it depends on the organization. So uh, um, I currently work with a public um, um, sector um, with one of the federal government agencies here. Um, and part of what we look at in terms of our employment processes, we have a quota for different um, DEI programs. So okay. um, there are four... Um, categories. So we have um, the indigenous, the visible minorities, um, women, and people with disabilities. Okay, so yeah. after looking at all other essential staffing requirement, the education, the experience, the skills, and all of that, and when we have a list of candidates who had qualified for that, then we apply um, the gaps that we have in terms of our 
equity or diversity or inclusion. So those four categories I'd mentioned. So then we apply based on the gaps we've identified because one important thing is having metrics. So yeah. if you've identified gaps within your organization, you are able to apply that when you're making um, your staffing staff in that particular position. Data does not lie. So yeah, data <laughs> doesn't lie. So yeah, so for each positions, we know the gaps existing. So we know whether we already have someone with with um, um, disability or a visible minority within that division. If there is none, we prioritize as prioritize that based on um, shortlisted candidate for yeah. that position. Yeah. Yeah. So it's part of what we look at when we're trying to staff a particular position. We look at the data. We look at the gaps that is existing. So basically, for an organization that doesn't have that yet most especially in the private sector, is what you want to get the data within your organization. Yeah. And you see how you can apply that to your recruitment process, which is very important as well. Yeah. Quick question. I just want to clarify for those who are listening, those who are listening. You look at these four criteria, you know, disabilities, women, uh, indigenous, uh, visible minorities. You're not saying that you ignore that they are qualified for the role because they are indigenous or they are minorities or they are women. They must be qualified for the role first. And then you consider that. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So we have essential staffing requirements. So you must meet those requirements. So we're talking about education. We're talking about the experience. We're talking about um, all the essential requirements for that particular position we've yeah. ad advertised. So if you meet those essential requirements, yes. Okay. And you're part of the shortlisted candidate. Yes. Well, then we can apply the gaps that, that is existing. Okay. So don't just say, because I'm a woman, they must give me the job. <laughs> or no. because I'm, so, I'm minority. For that division, if you don't have a gap for women, and the gap we only have is for people with disabilities and indigenous people, and if anybody out of the shortlisted candidate have identified to be one of those, okay. they will be the one getting the job. So, so that it's, it's all about data, making it very um, transparent as well. It's very accessible on our company website. You can see the gaps that exist for each position. So if you had applied and identified for any particular category, yes, we consider that. So that means this, that's something came to my mind because, you know, sometimes when you're filling some of these forms and they say, you know, do you identify as minority, visible minority or, and they give you yes, no, it's or choose not, yeah. so choose, choose, yeah. not say, right? <laughs> you, you, choose not to say. So people choose choose not to say. Don't choose not to say, right? You're shortchanging yourself. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's best to answer, most especially if you're a visible minority or person with disability and things yeah. like that. It's best, you know, it's an advantage for you. It's an hedge. After we've applied every staffing requirement, staffing rationale and all of that, it's a good thing to have. It's a good addition to have, you know. That might be the only last decision for mm -hmm. us to use to make a final decision. And that will put you so in or that, out. That's, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I, I do understand the argument of other people as well that I just want to get this on merit. I don't want to use any personal advantage to get any position. But what I do tell people is every advantage is an advantage. And every uniqueness of you it is an should advantage sell already. Yeah. yeah, it's an advantage already. So why would you say you don't just want to be a diversity higher we are all diverse whether you accept exactly. it or not true exactly yeah. exactly great 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 there some nice tips there. i've learned something new already now <laughs> let's just come back to back to the hiring process and getting into the hiring process i know people some people will say mm -hmm. oh i've applied to 20 jobs i've not got any callback i've applied to 30 jobs no callback or i've done so many interviews no callback what would you say are the most relevant 
things to put when you want to craft an impressive application you know how should you craft your cover letter what should you include in your resume should you include your primary school information should you you know what information is the most thing that would help your resume and your cover letter stand out because most times they say like the other day I was on LinkedIn, I was looking at the role on LinkedIn, and then I saw you know how LinkedIn lets you know how many people have applied. And I was like three hundred and fifty-seven applications. I'm like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that's just through LinkedIn alone. Exactly. Yeah. You know, not about the company website or other places or indeed. So how do you make your application stand out? So that, that thank you. That, that's a very good question. There are a lot of things you can do to make your application stand out. And um I always tell people that um Recruitment is an open book. It's very easy. So when a company put out a job ad, they've already mentioned everything they're looking out for. Okay. So the job description is an open exam for you. Go to the job description. Make sure you have at least 65%. Once you have 65% of all that is mentioned in the job description, you stand a better chance. Not 100%. You don't have to be 100%. Not 100%. We we are not looking for hundred percent. That's a unicorn. <laughs> we'll tell you that sixty-five percent. I'm telling you. So on your resume, you want to show to me the skills, your achievement mentioned on your resume. Okay. How you meet those experiences. So if I say I'm looking for um, a cashier, so say I have a retail store. You should be able to tell me how you use cash register, how many customers you can attend to within the space of one minute. Because as a retail store owner, what matters to me is how quickly. you're able to attend to people very quickly, you know, move the line and all of that. Are you conversant with the technology we're using and all of that? Someone that is not going to cost me much to train because yeah. that's another thing we look at as well. How much is it going to cost us to train and all of that? I know attitude matters, but numbers matters as well. So yeah. we look at all of those things. So now if you meet 70%, 80% of what I'm looking for, then you are my choice candidate. Okay. So then I shortlist you. Then we move to the second stage. Okay, that's um, when I get to invite you for an interview. At that stage, I'm assessing your attitude, what um, your behavioral skills, your cognitive skills, and all of those things. Your technical skills as well. We are assessing all of those at the interview stage. But like you said, what gets you in the door? Your resume is very important. How you craft it. Sometimes some organizations don't even look at your cover letter, but majorly oh, your resume should be able to sell you. So depending on the type of position, depending on how technical the position is, you want to list your achievement, basically what you've done, this um, technology that is relevant to that industry. You want to show that you have a good knowledge of those technologies as well. Okay. And also your experience, how long your experience um, you have in that particular industry, in that particular sector as well. So do that, those are the major things that we look at for um, in trying to um, fill a position. And like you said, LinkedIn is just not the only recruitment source, uh, source that One we of several funnels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have referrals as well. So those yeah. are some of the things we look at for. And I do understand the frustrations of um, candidates as well when they apply for positions. They, oh, they ghosted me. They didn't. Well, if you look at the 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 job description some organizations will tell you we are only going to be contacting shortlisted candidate yeah. sometimes when i look at some application i've received over a thousand um applications for just one position so i mean i can't <laughs> attend to everybody so and i'm not able to give feedback to everybody 
but uh, then when I'm posting the job, I already mentioned, I'm only going to be reaching out to shortlisted candidate. If you have gone through an interview with me, um, yes, I can give you that opportunity to provide feedback because I'm only going to bring out um, five candidates forward for an interview. I'm not going to invite 20. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, too much yeah. is just so if sense. out of the five, yeah, you didn't get it, I, the position goes to just one person, the remaining four people, yes, I'm able to give feedback. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So, and then, yes, you, you talked a bit about the interview process there, and that's one of the things I've also had people um, complain about and say, you know, I went to the interview, but I don't know how did I, did I, I didn't do well, I didn't get any feedback, or I didn't have any questions for them. Was that a good idea? What would you say is the best tips you can give to anyone to say, you're going for an interview, do this and you will nail the interview. Because I think for many people, getting, like I said, getting the foot in the door is just one thing, but if you don't do well at the interview, then there's no point, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, um, so it's very easy going for interviews. If you know what you know and you're confident about what you know, it should not be difficult. Okay. Most especially, and again, it depends on the industry. So there are certain things I look out for. So depending on the position, if it's a position that requires you relate well with people, you don't want to come out as timid. Yeah. Um, yeah. You want to have a good um, knowledge of the industry as well. You want to have the technical know-how of the position because not just only HR is going to be sitting across when they're interviewing you. Someone with the technical know-how within the department or the division where you're going to be working, potentially your manager will be on the interview panel and assessing you, assessing your fitness. So basically what the HR person is essentially watching out for in the interview is making sure that everybody is guided by the employment standard, making sure, watching out for the behavioral competencies and all of that and the cognitive aspect. The manager on the other end is looking at the technical competencies because okay. they are the experts in that. So all of that combined together, you want to show a good um, understanding of all of that. You want to show that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you can relate well with people. Um, you want to give good experiences of your previous, um, good example of your previous experiences, the organizations you work with, how you work through a process, how you manage your projects and all of that, how you relate well with people, how you handle feedbacks as uh, as an individual. So th these are some of the things we're going to be watching out for. We can ask this in different questions. We can ask same question in three different ways. Just to get the answer you're really looking for. So just to see if you're consistent yeah. and all of that, just to get the answer we're looking for. And again, one thing I see with candidates is when they don't understand a particular question, um, they tend to go round and round and just say something. If it's not clear to you, it's okay to ask and say, please, can you clarify um, your question? And then we're happy to do that. You know, it's not just about, it's it's a mutual thing. Yeah. Okay, as much as you're going out to offer something, um, you should be able to get something, something too. Back. Exactly. So, I mean, you should be bold to ask them questions about that particular position. I mean, one good question to always ask is, why is this position vacant. open? Why is it vacant? Is it a new position? Is it that someone is not performing well? And, and all of that. And these are some of, <laughs> yeah, so these are some of the good questions you can ask during the interview and all of that. Although they might not tell you the complete truth, but at least it, you will get an answer and you yeah. will see whether it fits with what you're looking for as well. Because yeah. most importantly, it's more about the fitness. It's, it's a marriage between two people, between you, the organization, and also the individual coming into the organization. And like I always say, we as the HR, we are the gatekeepers. 
Yes, so true. We you have the right impression. Bringing, <laughs> exactly. So we are bringing in the right folks into the organization. Yeah. It, just, just a quick, another slight digression. That you mentioned something as you were speaking earlier there. Uh, you know, so before the interview, what's your opinion? What's your thought on you know? Sometimes somebody says, "I have an interview with this company." Maybe you know the name of the hiring manager, or maybe the the recruiter has given you the name of the people who are going to be on the interview. And then you go on LinkedIn and start looking for them and searching them up. Is it okay to send them contact requests or start looking for how to ask people who are close to them questions before the interview? Or is that, or is that creepy? <laughs> because I've had people do that. <laughs> no, uh, so it's okay to go and check the LinkedIn profile, get a little bit about them, but don't send an invite. Okay. Wait till after the interview. Make the connection first. Okay. And um, maybe after in your interview and having that friend man shake and say, hey, by the way, I checked your LinkedIn profile. I'm fascinated about your career history and what you're doing with this organization. Is it okay if I send you an invite? The person will let you know whether they want the invite or not. Exactly. Don't yeah. So, um, yeah, <laughs> you can go and view before the interview. Okay. That's part of doing your research, getting to know. Um, your future team. I mean, I did that. So that's part of the things I did when I was searching for my job here in Canada. And people should not get discouraged. As a new immigrant, you have a lot of more hurdles to cross before yeah, you true. start becoming the, I know the host of everybody. Well. I know the story yeah, too so well. <laughs> I applied for over 100 positions when, yeah. when I came in. Yeah. And maybe only if you go back to me, I got three offers at the end of the day, I went with the best one. Yeah. So... And the best one I went with, I had researched because I got the name of the people who were going to be on the interview panel. I went on LinkedIn to search about them. And when I was given response, I was able to tell my future manager things that matters to her in terms of her values, how her values relate to my values as well. So Ooh, that was tip. part of... That's a good tip. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So that was part of what worked for me. So, I mean, you can do that as well, but don't send the connection. Wait until after the interview. Before and request if you can send them so appeal to what they what they find most dear to their heart. Good tip, good tip. I'm also writing things yeah. down here as well. Okay, <laughs> um, let's change tack a bit now. So there's all this you've given all these tips. You know, you've you've done you've you've crafted the right resume and cover letter. You know, you've gone to the interview, you've nailed the interview. But sometimes there's still challenges that some people face, or there can be red flags that people see. Right, you know. What would you say, or even sometimes imposter syndrome, because that happens to some people, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How can a candidate, you know, potential candidate for a role overcome some of these challenges? You know, what have you seen in your experience or what red flags should a candidate be looking out for? And how can they surmount those challenges of those red flags in that hiring process? Okay, so basically you want to make sure that you're not making any silly mistakes on your resume. Um, So... What I consider silly mistake would be not having your phone number or any form of contact on your on your resume. I've I, I've seen a lot of them. Wow. I mean, I, I don't, in twenty twenty three. Yes, I'm I'm telling you, it will amaze you things I see. Wow. So, um, or when you're drafting a cover letter, it's the same cover letter you've used for another organization and not reading through completely. And maybe you say coming in ABC at the first paragraph and in the last paragraph you are saying company bcd <laughs> oh that's a, that's not yeah. a good one <laughs> this is a silly so I, I i it's silly but unfortunately if we have high volume of people who had applied for that position you're going to be weeded out immediately that's, that's a lack of attention to yeah. detail <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> exactly. So if part of the core skills we're looking for in that position is attention to detail, you already Refilled. missed it. Yeah. So other thing you want to look out for um, is making sure that um, your social media um, accounts or images um, is professional in every way. Um, I know sometimes they say, oh, your social media account doesn't matter. It matters, most especially <laughs> for the public sector. Yeah. So we want to get more about you because the first step is when we're trying to validate if you have this experience and all of that. And that comes to we have some new immigrants package resumes. Mm, yes. So you have a different thing on your resume. You have a different thing mentioned on your LinkedIn. So which one do we believe? Which one do we take? These are some of the areas people really don't pay attention to. Like, oh, I've applied to a couple of places and all of that. We do due diligence as well. Yeah. We want to ensure that people we are bringing into the fold are, are what they claim to be. So beyond reference check these days, we know that it's difficult to give a bad reference. You can even be sued for giving a bad reference because yeah. you're costing them their means of livelihood. Yeah, true. But then we have other ways of verifying information as well. Okay. So these are some of the things that I want people to pay attention, especially immigrants. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you don't have a LinkedIn account, I encourage you to have one. It's very, very, very important. Um, these are some of the areas um, recruiters go out to as well when they're looking for people who have the experience for the position they're advertising and all of that. So it's it's quite important. Also, networking is very key. Um, uh, you might know someone that knows someone that has a vacancy. They can refer. So one of the key um, areas for recruitment for us is referrals because we know that you will not want to bring someone who is going to put you to shame within that organization. You want yeah, to refer the yeah. best people, uh, someone you can trust for a job yeah, because okay. their performance will rub off on you. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. You want to keep good contacts. Um, always talk to people. If, if you're looking out for something, let them know you're in the market for a particular job. If they have the vacancy uh, within the organization or someone they can refer you to, absolutely it's a very good thing to do okay yeah thank you um so linkedin make sure you're on linkedin professional picture does that extend to instagram and twitter as well you know twitter i know twitter is wild almost every day twitter is wild but <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can have twitter you can have instagram but what are you posting there yeah true i mean so um if you want to work with a public setup for instance, and you're talking talking about how government is useless, this and this and that. Those kind of stories. <laughs> yeah. You know, nobody wants complicated or hard to manage employee. Yeah. That's the honest truth. Save themselves a people lot of are headache. Difficult to man yeah, people are difficult to manage already. You don't want to overcomplicate things. Yeah, true. Like someone who is already a hard stance on somewhere and something on a, a particular issue and then they're applying for job within that same uh, if it's not objective it is if it is too subjective yeah i mean okay. yeah. that's good because I, I know some people usually don't think yeah that it's like they say it comes to bite you in the ass right if you don't pay attention to it yeah. you know um, i mean nobody nobody would tell you this we will not tell you this is the reason why 
but you would know you. you would know <laughs> <laughs> you would know <laughs> you would know okay um let's change tack again i want to talk about i wanted to ask you one question about something really interesting that's been it's been on the waves recently chat gpt and all mm. this ai what's your opinion or what's your what would you advise people using chat gpt to write um you know cover letters and resume like for example i was into the radio the other day and the radio anchor was saying she got a very beautiful text message from her husband you know apologizing and she was like this is so nice and then he said well chat gpt wrote it and she was like what and she got angry that chat gpt wrote it but before she knew that she was happy that it was a very nice text but the moment she learned it was chat gpt yeah. she was like ah no so what what's your professional recommendation is it okay to use chat gpt to write your resume your cover letter you know, what do you, what would you say? Because that's the new craze I right love, now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love technology and I I respect people when they use it for their good leverage and technology as much as possible for their professional development. I mean, that's what technology is meant exactly. for. Exactly, make life easy. To, yeah, to make life easy and for to enhance productivity and also to, to save you from those silly mistakes that I've mentioned earlier. It's good to have... But then, so for instance, I've, I've played around with ChatGPT myself. Um, it's not always accurate most of the time. Oh, yeah, true. So you want to do your part in amending or, you know, revising whatever results you've gotten from ChatGPT. Okay. And, you know, make it your own. It's a technology that you probably you've paid subscription for. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's your own property. It, we want to believe it's your own intellectual property because you it's more like um computer garbage in garbage out. it's oh, yeah. whatever you fed or you feed the system the results you get as well so yeah. if you're saying okay just copy and paste without revising <laughs> and you submit that we're going to take it as what you presented yeah so write a resume I mean, for this job okay. description <laughs> yeah so i mean if we can help you to look better because you're most especially when you apply for a job, you're selling yourself. You're doing the work of a salesman. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying, I'm the best candidate for this job. And these are the reasons why you should pick me. Yeah. So if has says something for you, better be that person. Okay. Look that part as well yeah. when we bring you in for an interview and all of that. So I know it can help you. People use Grammarly and all of that, you know, to help them with construction of their um, sentences and all of that, their write-ups <clears throat> generally. And I mean, and these are some of the tools people have within organization as well. So you have other project management tools as well. I mean, as long as it helps you um, and you revising and not just taking the garbage, um, the garbage in garbage out you're getting mm-hmm. and not revising, that's where I have an issue. Okay. Uh, but if you're leveraging on it for, for, for enhanced productivity, I, I think it's absolutely all right. Okay, fantastic. Thank I you. think so, it's okay. So you we all have there. different school of thought. I know some of my colleagues don't like it at all. <laughs> um, some people think it's going to ruin all of us and put us out of a job in the future, which I don't. I don't well, think so. But maybe it's going to wipe away some jobs. You understand? <laughs> um, Copywriting jobs. But yeah, maybe <laughs> we we'll see. We we'll see the creativity that comes in. You understand? Mm. So. Um, but then it's more about the usage and the personality as well, yeah. how you use it, what you use it for, yeah. you understand? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, whatever you are putting in, um, you have to take ownership of it. Yeah, absolutely. And does that completely represent who you are? 
and then privacy as well. Anyway, that's a different conversation. Chat GPT is a different conversation. <laughs> a couple of questions, because I see that we're going out. Let's just ask a couple of questions. There's one, well, before my final question, uh, most of our audience are in the tech space or security, all of that. What, as somebody who is on that side of the table, you know, on the hiring side of the table, what would you say? What's the outlook for technology hiring over the next few years? Um, everybody says cybersecurity is the fastest growing sector in technology and all of that. But as somebody on that side, what do you see? You know, is it true that it's the highest, fastest growing sector, or is that there's not enough people with skills? You know, just give us an insider's view into technology, the technology I, market. I, I think it's still the fastest growing mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that most organization today is leveraging technology. And the cloud. And, um, there is stiff, yeah, there is stiff competition. So we are stealing from each other. So <laughs> that, that, that's the truth. We don't have enough, mm. most especially if um, it's a position that requires someone who is highly skilled. Yeah. So we are all stealing from each other and um, enticing them with different benefits from the salary to the um, company benefits, the vacations, you know, all these things. These are some of the um, the carrot that we're using. <laughs> I like carrot so, cake. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it's still the fastest growing because technology is in every everything we do now. I mean, yeah. and especially cybersecurity is a big trend. Um, I see countries going to war with data. So I'm able to steal your data and this is what I can do with it if you're not careful and all of that, most especially with that, and that every organization wants to protect their data. Yeah. Because if you steal data from company in Hey, you can send it, sell it to their competition. And yeah. Yeah. this is, in that department, you want to have someone who is highly skilled that is able to protect you from something like that. Yeah, you know? true. So it's still the highest, um, the fastest um, growing positions um, that's, um, most companies want to prioritize as well. But very it's, demanding. It's very demanding. I right. can tell. I can tell. Yeah. I, I was, every day I get all these alerts of, you know, this breach happened and that breach happened. And sometimes I just think back to six years ago, seven years ago, and I was like, it wasn't this bad before. But anyway, um, the market is yeah. there. So if you're looking for a job in cybersecurity, get highly skilled and then you get the job. So we've, <laughs> we've said so many things today. Thank you so much for coming on. But final question. Do you have any final remarks, any advice for any up and coming or people thinking to switch careers or growing their careers, professionals that want to you know, sort of grow their careers in cybersecurity, particularly if they're new to the country or you know, aren't used to the Canadian way of doing things. Any final remarks, any advice, tips? Wrap it up with a bow. So basically what I would say is don't get discouraged. You, you're going to face discouragement. You, you're going to see some things that are going to make you sad, you understand. But don't give up. You have to be persistent. Um, first, build that self-confidence. Yes, things are going to be tough. You're coming into a new market. And you're going to hear this phrase a lot. Oh, you don't have the Canadian experience. There's nothing about the Canadian experience. You can always flip it back to them. Because basically, when they say you don't have a Canadian experience, what they're saying is, do you have good work ethics? Okay. Yeah. We have yeah. you work if you have worked with multinationals in your own country. You want to leverage on that. See, <clears throat> I've worked in this multinational. I have this sort of experience. I've worked with different personalities, diverse team, and all of that. You know, you want to sell yourself in a way 
to show that you have this experience that they call the Canadian experience. I had my own fair share. And basically what I always tell them is, what I believe the Canadian experience is, you're looking for someone with good work ethics. Look at my previous employees. I think that shows that I have a good work ethic. If I don't, I will not be allowed into this food. And I think I've worked in those areas and um, I think I can meet the requirement of these positions as well. It can meet the challenges as well. So you show how you meet, how you can meet with those challenges, what you have to offer, and that makes the difference. Um, when you don't get a position, don't be let down. Sometimes it might be because you're overqualified or they can't afford you. Sometimes it might just be that there's someone much more better than you. Yeah. That's the absolute truth. We've seen cases like that. You know, you are not the only good candidate. We have other better candidates as well. Yeah. So they might have applied for that position, but don't let that discourage you. Yes. Keep knocking the door. Eventually, the door will open. Or you kick it down. Find <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and again, sell your uniqueness. Yeah. Okay. True. Those questions. Um. Do you identify as these? Do you? Don't be shy. Identify yourself. Yeah. You know, your diversity is part of your uniqueness. Sell it. Thank you so much. That's 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 so much nugget. So many golden nuggets you've shared today. And I think it's just a very interesting thing. Um, I did spoke about Canadian experience. If you go back into the previous episodes, if you go to episode three, I believe it is. Episode three talks about Canadian experience. So go back and look at episode three. There's some talk about uh, Canadian experience there. There's a few tips we shared there. Uh, and uh, you could um, gain some more nuggets from that as well. So, but thank you so much, Ade, for coming on today. Thank you for sharing your wealth of experience. At least I'm sure our audience now has some insight into how, you know, how it is on the other side of hiring. It's not that the hiring manager doesn't like your face. <laughs> That's not the case. There's so many things they're looking at, so many boxes to tick um, to before a hiring decision is made. So um, what I'm just going to say is he shared so many tips today. What I want uh, our audience to do is let you know, have you, or have you, can you do, can you share your hiring story with us? If you've had any challenges with, you know, resumes or hiring or interviews, you know, we would like to hear from you. So talk to us on our Instagram at cybersec migrant, you know, send us a message, send us a DM, let's know your story. You know, we would like to have that conversation about what your experience has been uh, in navigating the hiring landscape, particularly as a new immigrant in the technology sector. We'd love to hear from you. For those who are listening on audio, thank you for tuning again to this episode of Cybersec Migrant. And thank you so much to Ade for coming on today. And until next time, stay safe.